It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20-piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. Man, I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back judge, week 11 preview. It's just the Murray boys this time around. Adam Klepp, uh, unfortunately swamped this week. Busy guy covering the Illinois State football playoffs and, and winning a few football games of his own with the Loyola Club football team thus far. I think they're, they're undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Ramblers are heading up to Oakland University up around in our neck of the woods this weekend for a big playoff bout. Wow. So well, we know I may, I may be, in, may be in attendance. Be attendance. This is not a May situation. This is a better situation. I will most definitely well, be in attendance if I can. Uh, I'm not working this weekend. I didn't. I, I did not know this. I do know that the yeah, Oakland, club, uh, club football team is is or has been, you know, one of the better club football programs. That in makes the, uh, that makes sense. The, uh, I don't know what the what the abbreviation MMC some yeah, something yeah. like that probably. But I will say, I mean, you got Big Fifty Two Matt Fink. He's definitely OT one yeah. when it comes to club when it comes to club football. Potential draft prospects, yep. kid. Despite despite maybe not being six foot, just got the base of a uh, of a real just potential shutdown left tackle. Absolutely. So we look forward to having Klepp on next week, but we're gonna do our best without him uh, for this week eleven preview. And let's start this one off. Let's start. Let's start this one off at the sweet spot. Thursday night. Uh, tomorrow night we got the my I will say Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the dog pound to take on the Cleveland Browns. And um, I feel bad doing this for the second day in a row because, like I said, we had an audio malfunction last night. But I'm going to have to warrant one more apology from you, Tommy, to, the, to me, yeah. to Zeese Nation, and to the Pittsburgh Steelers um, on the airwaves here for, for doubting them and for uh, continually um, – I mean – Sands the Miami, the obvious Miami game. You have picked against the Steelers uh, for three of their four games on this on this beautiful win streak they've put together, and I just want to I want to get a little apology out of you and, and and maybe a little justification for why you're going to be picking the Steelers this week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I we're 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 walking through the steps again. This is starting to take the. The form of me repenting for yes. my sins. This is the second day in a row that I have to, I have to apologize for slighting the Steelers. But uh, you know, uh, I mean, there's there's not a lot of things for me to say. I mean, I said it all yesterday, but I'll go over it again. The Steelers' defense is, uh, we can, you know, I guess five. you could say elite. It's top five. We can agree that it's top five. It's a top. Yep, it's a top five defense. Minka Fitzpatrick, I think, is a defensive player of the year candidate. He's been. One of the better players in the NFL since he has arrived in Pittsburgh. T.J. Watt, my dark horse in the offseason to lead the league in sacks, is, I mean, arguably one of the best edge defenders in the NFL right now. He's really getting after it. Bud Dupree's having a really good year on the on the other side. And a quick shout-out to, uh, to Joe team is, Hayden, too, who's, I think, the emotional yep, wonder. and X's and O's leader of that defense. I was I – was, yeah. Um, shout out to my boy Ike Taylor on Twitter. I was I was listening to a little blurb that he was talking about how they leave Joe Hayden on one side of the field, and within the first 
few snaps of the game, Joe Hayden starts to calculate what the what the offense is doing. I don't I didn't necessarily know the uh, the specifics of it, but basically just he's seen so many different offenses, so many different plays that he gives that defense um, such an upper hand with his experience and lets the, the the dogs run out there on defense. The young boys go out and make plays. Um, but but yeah, and, cornerstone. And yeah, and experience aside, he's playing, you know, at a, a really mm-hmm. high level. This in the last couple of years it looked like he was kind of falling off a little bit, but he's really had a really nice rejuvenation this year. And obviously, uh, your boy Devin Bush yeah. is just uh, just a complete game changer at the middle linebacker position. Just fits the mold of the modern linebacker and Some kind guys of you, you know, just these, know these, you just know. Yeah, and I think you can say yep. you know and not even to get too much into the draft class or anything, but watching Devin White against Arizona too, just another guy who yep. just you plug him into your defense and he immediately makes the impact of someone who looks like they've been playing in the NFL for nearly a decade. So, um, yeah, exactly. Looking forward to this matchup and tomorrow night. Um, sorry, were you going to say? Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say on the other side, um, the the Browns are a team that. I think got a little bit of a fraudulent win against Buffalo. Um, they had that last drive. Uh, you know, uh, there was that penalty on third down that, that helped them out a little bit. I mean, obviously it was good for them to get a win. Baker looked a little bit better, but he's going up against, you know, I made the comparison last night in our now-deleted mm-hmm. podcast that we kind of went back and forth against. But I do think the Bills and the Steelers are, are similar in the fact that their defenses are both going to get after it, and they have – are a little bit offensively inept, especially from a passing standpoint with Josh Allen and Mason Rudolph. Um, Josh Allen is a little bit more of an X factor just because of what he's able to do as a running quarterback. But that being said, the the obvious glaring hole in the Browns, uh, you know, on this team, going back to even the offseason when I was uh, picking them to win this division was their offensive line, and I thought they would be able to kind of supersede that uh, deficiency and be able to to play at a, a reasonably high level just because of the skill positions that they had and, and the potential uh, that they had on defense. But Freddie Kitchens has been a nightmare. This team has been a nightmare. Uh, and as I said last night, I'm expecting T.J. Watt to have two sacks. I'm expecting to make a Fitzpatrick pick. I just think this is going to be just a, on, you're uh, just a very... You're now, aren't you? You're just... You're just... <laughs> well, well, we'll see what happens next week, but... I would love I would love the Browns to to win for the sake of our bet for for that Steelers reaching going on under uh, eight and a half wins, but that being said, uh, this is going to be a tough divisional game. I like the under. It's at forty one and a half, I believe. I can recheck that real quick. Um, it's at forty now. Wow, so it's dropping. I'm going to have to get that before it uh, hits the thirties. But I think this is going to be a low scoring defensive battle. Both these offenses, I think, are going to have trouble. Moving the ball. And another thing, just on the Steelers, too, their offensive line, man, is one of the more underrated units, I think, of the league. Better, they, they, they really, for the last couple of years. Yeah, man. I mean, it's hard to uh, like, shout out, you know, you disagree with that. Hierarchy? Is that what you were? Because Colin Cowherd yeah. put them at. And I don't, I'll be honest, I don't like Cowherd's hurt hierarchy that much. I think it's very spur of the moment. It's very, it's, it's not it necessarily. I guess it's a good litmus for like that week at that time after those slow uh-huh. games. These are the most impressive 10 teams. I don't think it's a true ranking of who the 10 best teams in the NFL are week after week. He did put the Steelers at 10. He said they had the best offensive line in the league. I found very little to disagree with. Um, I want to try to hop off this game because we've been on it for a little while. I have been riding mm-hmm. the Steelers like no other. 
this game does scare me a little bit, more so than the other games, just because it is a divisional game. It is in Cleveland. We know the Browns are obviously a team that a lot of people have been fading as of late, but a, a, a big home win against a hot team like the Steelers could kick this Browns team into ignition a little bit, so that does worry me. It is on a short week. But the fact that James Conner's coming back, how hot the Steelers team is playing, and with their remaining schedule, man, I think the Steelers continue to roll here. I don't like that under, man. I think the Steelers put up 31 points in this game. I think it's a 31, 31 Dude, 17 this is This is where I, okay, I will, I will happily eat crow if that happens because you're granting a level. This offense isn't good, dude. I don't know what you, I, I'm so I just like don't get where they're going to score 31 points. Mason Rudolph isn't best starting as a quarterback. James Conner's back. Uh, James Washington's been playing the best football of his career the past two games. And I don't th- I think Cleveland's defense is way more susceptible than even the Rams' defense. So uh, I just think that maybe a defensive touchdown helps them out, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's closer to 27 than 31. But I don't think this is going to be, you know, one of those 17-point games for the Steelers where they're where they're, they just completely rely on their. De- I think their offense breaks out a little bit more in this one, and they kind of. I have more faith in this team than you do, Tommy. That's kind of the bottom line. I have more faith in the well, offense. Especially offensively. Yeah. So I, I think Denzel uh, I think they're they're capable I was just gonna of say Denzel this. Ward and mm-hmm. Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams are back. I, I think that the, the Browns kinda have them there's just nothing really uh, offensively. There's no real X factors, I think, offensively that's gonna challenge a Browns defense that is getting healthy with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams coming back. I and these Thursday night games are weird. It's gonna be out on the cold in Cleveland. I just I have a hard time seeing this being a, a, a shootout. Yeah. I don't but think it's going to be a shootout. We can, I think we can it'll move be a on. One score game until the fourth quarter, and then the Steelers will, will will pull away, like a twenty. So you're pretty co- you're pretty confident in the over then, an over forty. You I like, would not you bet. Like I would not. I don't bet game totals unless, like I said, I've said multiple times, I don't bet game totals unless I have a really strong feeling about it. Do I think this game could be twenty one seventeen Pittsburgh? Yes. Do I? If I had to make a prediction, what would I make? I would say it'd be twenty four seventeen in the fourth quarter. And the Steelers get a somewhat garbage time running clock out touchdown late and go up 31-17 and seal it. That's 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 where my head's at right now. To 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 say the the, the what is it 40 and a half? Like dude, that if it's 24-21 yep. you lose. That's a low scoring game. If it's 21-21 in the fourth quarter and either team kicks a game winning field goal, I think that's a low number, man. I know it's a short week. I know. I it's just cold. don't see a lot of touchdowns. I'm not in love with that under. That's all I'm saying. How is Cleveland? I'm just saying. How is Cleveland going to score after we saw? I mean, I mean, you can I just say don't, how, how you is, know. Yeah, sure. How is Cleveland going to score? I mean, if you're really that confident in it, you should play it. All I'm saying is, I would. Uh, I, I'm I would, going. Uh, oh, no, I will I be would playing just it. on the side of caution. Um, all yeah. right, let's move. Let's move, let's on, move on, on to Thursday eh? game. We're both on the Steelers. Um, New York Jets traveling to DC to play the Redskins, coming off a bye. If I'm not mistaken, the Redskins are. Um, Said it last night. Gonna gonna repeat myself. Let me see something. Sam Darnold. I want to see three touchdowns or more this week. I don't care if it's rushing and passing. I want to see three touchdowns from Darnold, and I want to see a win from the New York Jets. Uh, there's no point in tanking for the Jets at this point. We kind of been over it in recent episodes. So I, I think the Redskins do have a, a reason to tank. I think Haskins is far from where he's ultimately going to be as a quarterback, and this is just going to be another learning lesson for him along the way. Um, I think it could be close early, but give me the better quarterback and the team that I think has a little bit more to play for in the New York Jets this week. Yeah, I'm with you, Lee. Um, 
we kind of disagreed a little bit about, I thought Darnold was really impressive against the Giants. Obviously that defense isn't really anything to write home about, but I think he's kind of starting to get on the right track and has another very, uh, you know, winnable matchup against a Redskins defense that I think has been underperforming all year, a secondary that, um, you know, Josh Norman is a, a complete liability. I saw a couple weeks ago, there was some stat that hit, since he's been signed in, in Washington, his opposing opposing quarterback rating when targeted is like 140 mm. for QBs when they target him, which is just obscene for you know getting yeah. a, a guy who got 100 million dollars. I don't um, want to make excuses for the guy, but it's like get him on a team that that's competing, man. I mean, geez, oh man, like. But you're, I mean, yeah, you're right. But the Redskins have kind of been stingy the last couple of years. The reason why I like them more than the Giants this year is because they have pieces on defense. Obviously, losing Reuben Foster this offseason was really bad, but. The guy they got in the slot, who I'm completely spacing on, has been, according to PFF, has been like the best slot corner. Is it Dante uh, Nichols? No, 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 Dunbar, Quentin Dunbar, has been, according to PFF, has been a really good good player for them in the slot. Um, They got Kerrigan and Montez Sweat. These PFF takes. (laughs) Connor's not a fan of PFF. Connor's a huge PFF guy. Connor's head head of the analytics department at the back judge. Um, (laughs) You want to move on? This is. But anyway. yeah, we can move on, but I just want to bring up the fact that uh, the the what I said last night, and I think it's an interesting point that people on you know the Twitter draft community are starting to see parallels between with Dwayne Haskins starting the rest of the season for this stretch that they could potentially be in a uh, Kyler Rosen situation that the Cardinals found themselves in if they have a top two pick, potentially getting Joe Burrow or uh, yeah. Tua, and moving on from yeah. from, from Haskins yeah. just because. Yeah, man. I, well, if Haskins, I if, if Haskins, Haskins continues, this is the whole, you well, know. But, <laughs> well, the 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 argument is that quarterback is so valuable that if you see, look at the Cardinals this yeah, year. But, if you but, but, if you get yeah. your guy in, and obviously we really loved Kyler, and I'm just saying on paper, um, I I like Tua and Burrow a lot. I think both of them are going to be a really good NFL quarterbacks. So. If it's just such a valuable you position were, were, that if you, you can a huge upgrade, Haskins guy though, I think I'd be surprised to see you. I was personally you, not but the draft think, community, but you flip your opinion on this and say that they should take a quarterback when Haskins is is my age. He's twenty two years old. Yeah, he he, he started three he 100% games. Is. I not even he started one game, played in three games. Like, come on, this is. This is a yeah. little bit – I was a Haskins non-believer. I was someone who said I wouldn't draft him in the first round. And even for that, this is like what's the, where, what direction is this team going in? I guess I wouldn't put them down for doing it if they could get you know a second-round pick for Haskins or something like that. But Jesus, it's like if he's not your guy, don't draft him. And I know there were some organizational issues. Well, you just but, don't but no, know. You do know. With quarterback, you have to know. You, you, you can't use your – what was it, the but 14th he, pick? He, two things – 15. You don't, I don't care if it's the 15th pick. If he's not your guy, you're, you should not take him. If you wouldn't take him but with he, the fifth but pick. He was their but, guy, but, Lee. They, just like Rosen was the Cardinals good, guy. Job. They didn't do a good enough no, job. No, I don't I think that's a bad I think that's a bad argument because you don't know. You think um, Burroughs, you, you Burroughs just, lost his job to Haskins at Ohio State. That's why he transferred. He did. So, you, so, so now did, because yes. he's having, having one monster year, he's now the number one guy, and, and he's better. And he's and he's, he's you're gonna you're gonna well, sell on Haskins after not even starting, uh, you know, a full year or even enough. Have you I seen think, enough from Haskins to prove to you that he can't have a season? No, like not that? yet, not yet. I'm not saying this is what's gonna happen, but all, all I'm saying is that this the rest of the Redskins season with Dwayne Haskins being tabbed. I, I just get frustrated talking about them. I'm sorry. Excuse my uh, my 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 impatience. Yeah. But uh, just brutal. yeah, but it's it's more of a philosophical thing that 
If you can upgrade the cornerback position, which is the most valuable position on your whole team, it doesn't matter how incrementally, you know, how how it doesn't matter how big of a step not, up that is. If you can go from move, having, I never would have taken Haskins in the first place. I agree with the move; he should be replaced. I know, but I, but I think but, that, but, but it's just I poor think that all around, it's poor judgment and poor you decision making all around. We're gonna have to see what what Haskins does, obviously. But if he continues to be more of a project, and do? you can get an immediate upgrade, Case Keenum uh, huh? is not a great quarterback. But Case Keenum is a guy who's won games in the NFL. He couldn't win games in this team. What's Haskins gonna do? Win two games? Is that what? what what's the? I, I, don't, the I don't necessarily the agree with that. Where's the bar gonna be I, set for Haskins proving that he's good enough or that he's worthy? I I, I just think that not, it's a bit of a sticky. He's situation. been as a guy as a guy who's been a Haskins believer and fan. He has looked. Completely not ready for the NFL and not mm-hmm. good, and obviously that can change. But you, the point is that you'd rather bet on getting a guy who presents a higher floor than him Whatever. and even a, a higher that, ceiling, even if it's the same ceiling, than than banking on Haskins so to continue Joe to make Burrow, improvements let's, in let's, year let's, two. Let's play this game. If we, let's go in the time machine. Yeah. And let's say Joe Burrow as a rookie or Tua. Let's put them in this year's class with this Redskins team. What? How many games do they win with Tua or Burrow? Pick whoever you think is better. You think Tua is better, right? Tua has been your guy. So let's put Tua on the Redskins. How many wins did the Redskins get this year with Tua? Because I don't think it's above four. I think four is your absolute ceiling. And I think if you started Haskins from week one, two is your ceiling. So fine, he's worth yeah. Two I mean, wins but I think Tua. Sure, Tua is a better quarterback Tua is than better. Haskins. But but this yes, all goes yes. into what. Is your what is the DNA of your team, and you have the fifteenth pick, and you take Haskins? You're putting yourself in this position by taking Haskins. That's all I'm saying. So we can move on from that, but yeah. but I just think it's a very slippery slope for the skins, and we'll see how it turns out. Um, it 100 percent is. On to, oh, my, my, the last thing the last thing I'll say real quick is just that if you have a ch- if you if you have a chance to upgrade the quarterback position. You you should do yeah, it basically. Well, you draft that's what the that's you, what the Cardinals you did. You you don't scout well enough in the first place, I guess. It's just. But I don't think that's the problem. I don't, they didn't trade up for Haskins. Haskins dropped to them at fifteen. Matter. You're not going to not Doesn't, take yes, Haskins. You are gonna not that's the take point. Him. You don't. Take you those, keep. There's so many other players on the board. You you don't take him. You don't take the bait just because he's a quarterback. And and no, and, they and liked analysts. Haskins. I have no doubt that they they liked Haskins. Like they they picked him for a reason. They believed yeah. in him. But. If you can, again, we're, we're kind of running around in circles here, but I guess that's the only thing that I'll say, that if you can upgrade the most valuable position in any sport, mostly well, football, just because of what the quarterback position means, you, you don't know, first you of all, do you don't it. know if it's an upgrade, and second of all, if you're drafting a guy who you would rank as the fifth or sixth quarterback in the next year's draft class at a spot where he's the second quarter or third quarterback taken in the draft, you're probably making a mistake. So should the Cardinals not have taken Kyler? I'm not saying that. Where are you getting that out of what I, I'm saying? I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to – I'm trying to quarterback to come into the NFL exactly, since Exactly, Watson. exactly. That's how I saw exactly. it. This is all just – yes. frust- it's a frustrating uh, conversation for me because, A, I never believed in Haskins as a first-round pick in the first place, and, B, I think the Washington Redskins have done enough – to completely undermine themselves as a franchise, whether from the top down. So whatever they do, they're going to mess up the situation. And fine, if they take Burrow with the second pick, they're not going to get higher than a third-round pick for Haskins. I guarantee that. They're not going to get higher than a third-round pick for him. I'd be surprised yes, if they I mean, get a so third-round pick for him. It's, it's so be it. It's a bad move. It's a bad move. 
You you don't draft well, Haskins. I, they, the they, reason they, the reason the reason Lee the reason I brought up the Cardinals is because I know that how much you liked Kyler and if you if you if you had the same bias towards Tua or Burrow you wouldn't be you would you would be like of yeah, course you would get the better take, quarterback. I wouldn't have taken so Rosen to, in 2016 and I wouldn't have taken Haskins in 2017. So it's a non-argument. In well, my I think and and okay and I think that then you better hit on whoever you draft if you draft you know. You, that, that's what I'm saying. If you you can swing and miss on quarterbacks, I think more than you can. If you don't draft Rosen or you don't draft Haskins, and you draft whoever it may be, uh, Hassan Reddick or Vernon, Hart, like you, there's bad first round yeah, picks. Are. So I'm just saying it's easier. It's 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 easier to go and shoot for the stars with a quarterback and turn around and get it, and 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 instead of banking on your scouting department to. Uh, you know, I don't know. draft. We need a, to move on. I don't know how I feel, but we can have a different conversation about this closer to draft season. But we we spent the first definitely. 20 minutes talking about the Redskins, and uh, I'm not a fan of it. Um, Jaguars getting Nick Foles back this week, playing on the road in Indianapolis, getting Brissett back after two pretty sucky weeks with Hoyer, um, especially last week losing to the Dolphins. The Colts are really kind of desperate for a win. Uh, tinkered around a little bit on the ESPN playoff machine today. This is a huge matchup for playoff implications. If this, if these two teams can continue to play the way they've been playing all year, which is let's say win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and end up around um, eight and seven, you know, around week week fifteen or sixteen, this is going to be a huge matchup for those implications. So um, interesting to see this divisional clash be, uh, you know, kind of an underrated playoff matchup here. Um, I like the Colts to save face at home with Brissett. Um, I think Foles is going to sling that thing around, but it's going to take him a little bit more than one week to get comfortable with that offense. Um, wouldn't be surprised if the Jags win, but I think the Colts, their coaching and, and Brissett prevail this week um, after two dismal weeks. Yeah, Lee, I'm with you. Um, I don't really think – I think Foles is going to be comfortable. I mean, he had the whole offseason to, to prepare on this offense. He looked good against Kansas City um, week one before you know breaking his collarbone. But, you know, ultimately, I'm with you. Um, the Colts have better coaching, uh, potentially a more stable quarterback with Brissett coming in, and, and how Brissett has played, you know, really well, I think, up until, you know, he, he hurt his knee. And the Colts, another thing that we haven't touched on, is they're on a little bit of a, a schneid right now, losing the last two games, and, and really probably should have lost to Denver three weeks ago, too. So this is a team that's kind of trending in the wrong direction, and I expect them to get back on the right track this this week uh, with Brissett back and and Frank Reich just being a clearly a better coaching option than Doug Marone. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I think I, I did mention the Colts two two game losing streak, um, but yeah, no, I think I think they get right here. You're with me on that, Colts. Yeah. Um, Bills traveling to Miami to play the the scalding hot Miami Dolphins. Um, Team that's won two in a row. Uh, like I said last night, Tommy, an unofficial member of the Brian Flores Flan- Flores fan club, um, a guy who's been a big believer in Flores. Flores definitely rallying the troops, giving those Miami fans something to cheer for. And this Buffalo team quietly, week after week, proving themselves to be a bit of a fraud. Um, and I'll, I'll come out here and say it. They got the makings of an 8-8 eight and eight team this year, in my opinion, even after the 6-2 and two start. Uh, six and three now, coming off the loss in Cleveland. Pretty tough remaining schedule for the Bills. I, I reckon they still got to play the Patriots. They got to play the Ravens. They got to play the Steelers. Uh, still got to play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So not a really easy run for the Bills coming up. And I'm gonna add insult to injury here and pick the Miami Dolphins to win at home 
under that Florida sun, that, that Miami secondary. I'm going to say the Bills turn the ball over three times, and Miami wins a frustrating one after nearly winning in Buffalo, I think, three weeks ago. I think the Bills continue to slide here in a game they definitely should win. Uh, the Bills are a team that's kind of known for beating teams they're better than, definitely, and they are indeed better than the Dolphins. But I like Fitzmagic to get a little bit of revenge this week and the Bills to continue to slide um, in Miami. Yeah, this is a really interesting game to, to talk about and analyze because initially I I'm picking I want to pick the Bills just because they they had a tough loss against the Browns last week. This defense I think is really good and has the makeup to really give Fitzpatrick some issues. And then on the other end, this while Josh Allen has never been an accurate passer or a really proficient passer of the football, what he can do with his legs and being kind of a, a poor man Cam Newton. He kind of, you know, he, he kind of has that complex, he's, I think, when Cam Trubisky first came to the league. With a ball sack. That's, that, that was my, no, yeah. that was my, I said that before the season. He's 6'5", Trubisky with a ball sack. And I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that. You know? Yeah. No, you can, you can, you can win you with can. him. Um, I don't know how many games you can but win. But it's hard, man. man. I don't know how many games you can win. Yeah. I'm getting a bit, I'm getting yeah, a little bit tr- frustrated with his inability to throw the ball. That's the thing. Um, if you put, if you put, yep. uh, like, you know, I don't know. If you put a Kyle Allen under center for the Bills, are they a better team? You know, uh, who, who yeah. knows? I, I think this is a Bills team that just, they're, they have, they have yet to have that really frustrating loss this year, I think. Even though Cleveland was frustrating last week, it was on the road. Cleveland had a lot to play for, and it was a tough game. I think this is going to be that loss where they, the, the Bills fans kind of get shot down to earth, and they're now 6-4 and four, um, after being 6-2 and two and having Cleveland and Miami on the slate ahead. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Sean McDermott's a really good coach. I think this this is a really good organization. Uh, Billy Bean as uh, the uh, or Brandon Bean, Moneyball, Moneyball Freudian slip right there. But uh, Brandon Bean is a, a really good general manager. Um, I really like the structure of this team. But then again, I mean, the only reason that I kind of want to fade the Dolphins is really because of their of their tanking aspirations. But as a uh, Noted Dolphins fan Kyle Krabs, as, as pointed out, they just have so much draft capital but that they don't really need to tank. Obviously, it would be more ideal, but they have the amount of picks that they really can go wherever they want in the draft if they have a pick in the top 10 or even the top 15. They have so much ammo not only this year but next year that they can, make a, they can offer a King's Ransom for a top two pick. And, and like you alluded to with my affinity for Flores, uh, this guy is just a, a straight – this guy is a, a Belichickian CEO, I think, and the, the guys really want to play hard for him. It's his way or the highway, and despite having really not a lot of talent, this team is just starting to rally, and a lot of it has to do with Fitzpatrick and the style that he plays where he's going to be thrown in tight windows. He's going to throw some picks, but he's also going to throw, make some big plays, and Klepp's boy, Devontae uh, Parker, is having a, a little bit of a resurgent year, and, and especially these last couple of weeks, it's really started to heat up as a number one option. You and me, our, our collective boy, uh, Mike Gusecki, is starting to come on a little bit with this passing offense. So Fitzpatrick kind of gives a dynamic to this offense uh, that, that kind of makes them hard to, to count out. And I do think that if I had to bet on this game, I probably would take the Dolphins plus six uh, at home. But I ultimately just have to go with the Bills just because they have more to play for. I kind of want to give them a slight coaching advantage and obviously advantage on, on defense and perhaps even offense. So this really just ha- has the makings of a bounce-back spot for the Bills, but this Dolphins team is playing really uh, competitive, hard-nosed football, and 
it's definitely they're not gonna, the Bills aren't going to be able to cakewalk through this uh, game like they maybe thought they would be able to. Yeah. Um, moving on to Ford Field, the Dallas Cowboys coming to Detroit for this ever so uh, anticipated Week 11 matchup before the season. One that I had a lot of confidence in. Uh, the Lions, uh, you know, getting a little bit of revenge for that last year loss in Jerry World, um, in in Martha World, so to speak. But uh, I unfortunately have kind of changed the tune a bit here. I, I think um, I've made it pretty clear in, in in my circles that I think they should the, the Detroit Lions should sit Matt Stafford for the rest of the year, um, make sure that back gets healed up. I think they're completely out of playoff contention, um, and I wouldn't necessarily call it tanking, but I would just say you know put Driscoll in there. Um, continue to, to coach the guys up and, and try to win games. But, you know, obviously the caliber of your team is going to go down relatively significantly with, with uh, Driscoll under, under center instead of Stafford. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys are a team that's kind of desperate for wins. I think 5-4, uh, and four, um, a team that has a lot to prove. Dak looked really good against Minnesota. Everyone said it. Still don't know if I would pay the guy necessarily. I don't know if he's going to get them to the playoffs this year. I see them in kind of a two-horse race with the, uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. But um, I think this is a game the Cowboys need to win, especially if Driscoll's playing quarterback. I expect the Cowboys to win it. Um, I really want to pick the Lions. My heart is with the Lions. I hope the Lions win. But I think the Dallas Cowboys are ultimately the better team, and they have more to play for here uh, on the road. So I unfortunately am going to side with the Cowboys um, and fade the Lions for, I think, the third week in a row. Yeah, uh, I think you were pretty spot on with the Cowboys. Dak looked awesome against the Vikings. Uh, they're, they're, they're having some issues, I think, on defense. Um, in the trenches, they don't really have, outside of Demarcus Lawrence and, and Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett off the edge, their interior defensive line, I think, is getting chewed up a little bit. Um, so this should be a nice bounce-back spot against a Lions team that probably without Matthew Stafford I still think is – is going to be relatively competitive, and Jeff Driscoll showed against a, a solid Bears defense what he can do, especially, I mean, the Lions have really good receivers, and they've got a nice young tight end, and, and they can do some things offensively, and Driscoll didn't look, didn't look completely inept uh, against Chicago. But on the other side of the ball, the Cowboys just really need to get this win after a tough loss uh, against Minnesota. And I really just want to see a bounce-back game from Zeke, man. I, I, I think they have the, the personnel to really dominate the line of scrimmage against the Lions. Um, and, and Zeke has just not been worth the money so far, uh, in my opinion. And, and it, that contract, it looks like it's not going to age well. Um, and I, I just really want to see a bounce-back game from this Russian attack. Uh, and I, did you know against Minnesota they didn't rush for, for one first down, I think was the stat, which is like the first time, uh, you know, and I think in Zeke's tenure that that's ever happened. So the, the fact that this run game isn't um, firing at the cylinder, at, off at all cylinders and Zeke has kind of looked like an average running back this year is concerning. But I guess the silver lining of that is Dak is – this is kind of clearly Dak's team, and he's been playing well, especially last week against a tough Minnesota team. So all in all, this is just a pure bounce-back spot for the Cowboys. There's no lineup yet for me. I guess that's just uh, you know hinging on Stafford. But this is definitely a spot that I, I will probably be betting the Cowboys in a game that they really need to win in, in the imposing four field. Um, all right, moving to probably the game of the week. Um, in most people's opinion, I think this would be the game of the week. Uh, the Houston Texans coming off a bye, traveling to Baltimore to face the hottest team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, coming off the 
last two weeks, beating the Patriots at home and then turning around going to Cincinnati and absolutely shellacking the, the Cincinnati Bengals and, and, and getting a few style points along the way. Um, this is going to be an awesome game, and I think that I'm going to be the unpopular guy, and I'm going to come out and say it. it let's, let, I understand Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate, but let's just calm down, okay? Let's still calm down. I'm not freaking out. I don't think that we're at a point now where because the Ravens are doing what they're doing, and I'll tell you, there's only they're one of the few teams in the, in the NFL who could do this as well as they're doing it and, and, and find this role for Jackson or, or let him find his role as comfortably as they have. Um, but I don't think it's time yet to sound the alarms and say that, whoa, he was the last pick in the first round, and, you know, Baker and Darnold and, and Allen and, and Rosen were all picking for him. Blah, blah, blah. You, he's the MVP. He's clearly the, you know, he's the – him and Mahomes are the next Brady and, uh, and, and Manning. And it's it, – I, I wanted I, – I was – I feared that this would happen, and it's happening now. And if they continue to win games, I, I guess I expect it to happen. But I think that the Texans are going to come into town and kind of – weather the storm a little bit. I think Deshaun Watson is is getting Will Fuller back, if I'm not mistaken. He's, he was, Will Fuller was practicing. I think that's a big, deep threat that they're going to have and take a little bit of pressure off Hopkins to do everything against the stingy Ravens, Ravens defense. I think Watson's going to be under a lot of pressure, but I think this team off the bye, I do think the Ravens have the better coaching. I do think the Ravens obviously have a home advantage and, and are going to be playing, playing hyped up, but I just think this Texans team is going to kind of go on a run to finish the year, and I think it starts here. Um, and I think the Houston Texans are going to cement themselves as one of the, uh, you know, a Super Bowl contender with this uh, with a win in Baltimore this week. Um, and I really look forward to watching it. Not going to touch it betting-wise. And the Ravens definitely could win this game. They have the formula to do it. They've proven week after week they can win against competitive teams. So I, I'm going to sit back and enjoy this one. But I'm putting my I'm putting my pick on Watson this week to to outduel Lamar for one of the few times he's been outdueled this year. Yeah, and I could, I could, I mean, the way that I see this game, I think that Deshaun very well could outperform Lamar Jackson, and I just still don't think, I, I kind of disagree with you when it comes to the Texans. This this defense is not good, and and despite the fact that their offense, I think, is getting better, their offensive line is the best that it's been in, in Deshaun Watson's tenure, and having Will Fuller back will be huge. I have no doubt that the Texans will be able to, you know, put up points in this game, but Everything that you said about Lamar, I agree with. And going back to what I thought pre-draft process with Lamar, it all kind of the Ravens are doing what they should have done, what any team should have done if you draft Lamar Jackson as the few. They brought in Greg Roman, who has been probably the best offensive coordinator in the NFL so far, and is probably going to be at the top at a lot of teams' wish lists to be a head coach, just due to due to his track record and what he was able to do in San Francisco and now Baltimore. And there was one more team that he was the OC of that. I mean, I saw Evan Silva had a tweet last night about his career, uh, you know, offensive rack ranks that he when he's been a coordinator, and it's it's really impressive. Um, and going back to not only the Bengals game last week, but the Patriots game the week before, and my kind of handicap of that game, I thought, well, we know that Belichick's going to be able to shut down the rushing attack, and and we're going to make Lamar beat him with his arm, which I think is kind of what we've all have been waiting for Lamar to kind of revert back to that form against the Chargers in the playoffs last year, where he can't really run the ball, and he's gonna have to beat him with his arm. But right now, there's just there's the Texans. One, I don't think have the defense to to do that, and I just think that's 
not really unless Belichick was hiding his cards for a potential playoff matchup. I think we saw how hard it is to game plan for Lamar Jackson and the stuff that he can do. Just the the freak athlete that he is and always has been. Um, this is we're just living in the reality where the you drafted Lamar Jackson. He's arguably the the best scrambling quarterback that this league has ever seen, and, and that's with Michael Vick. He might not be as uh, quick, I mean, as fast as Michael Vick, but his change of direction and how slippery he is is just unbelievable. That run, obviously, last week against Cincinnati was an all-time run. I just can't go against this Ravens team. Like you said, Lee, they have a clear coaching advantage and defensive advantage, I would think. And despite the fact that the Texans have a better quarterback, the Ravens' offense, I still think, is just operating at, at such a clip right now, and no one has really figured out how to stop, uh, you know, this this rushing attack. And I just think that there, as much as I, you know, like Deshaun Watson and think that he's playing at a higher level than Lamar Jackson right now, this Ravens team, I just think, presents too high of a floor at home. Um, the Texans coming off the bye. I, I definitely expect this game to be competitive with the Texans coming off the bye. But all in all, this Ravens team, I think, is just too much and, and matches up too well against a, a really porous Texans defense. All right. Moving to the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Carolina. Falcons earning their first win of the year, uh, or not first, second win of the year last week against the New Orleans Saints and probably the biggest upset of this NFL season thus far. Um, in terms of just record-wise, but uh, Atlanta continuing the 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 little the little uh, bender, the hot streak bender they're on by traveling to another divisional game on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Panthers coming off a near win uh, in Green Bay in that Snow Bowl. Um, tough loss for them. I just think this is a coin flip spot, and you know I've been switching my opinion on it every single new time I've looked at it but I'm going to stick with my with my guns here and go with the Atlanta Falcons to uh, tamper the Carolina Panthers just that much more and um, you know McCaffrey's going to get his but I think the Falcons are kind of going to reassert themselves as, a, as not a, a contender but as a team that you can't just you know they're not a seller team they're not a team you can just kind of you know graze over on the schedule and, and mark, a, mark a green W on so I think the Panthers have their own issues that they're dealing with. I don't think Green Bay is necessarily as good as people think, so I think that loss is a little less impressive than uh, people are giving it credit for. And I know Cam Newton's sidelined for the rest of the year, but I, I like I like the, the Falcons to win this game and the, and the Panthers fans in, in brass to kind of be scratching their heads about the comments they were making about Kyle Allen earlier in the year about how they didn't need Cam anymore, da-da-da-da-da. Um, so... I think the, the Falcons bring the Panthers back down to earth and extend their win streak to two games in a row um, in, in, in Charlotte. Yeah, Lee, I, I kind of agree with what you were saying from a Falcons perspective, and I think that's kind of they're, – they're the X factor. I mean, we all – I mean, I, I picked this team to make the playoffs. We all picked this team to make the playoffs. Klepp picked this team to, to win the Super Bowl. We did, they did that, We did that for a reason, and they have, you know, all the personnel, especially offensively, to, to – to, compete with any team in the NFL and I just can't um, I just can't take the leap of faith that you're doing and, and assume that the Falcons are, are turning over a new leaf I wouldn't be surprised if it's happening by any means but the Panthers I think have a better defense um, Kyle Allen I think really impressed me in that Green Bay game he probably played the best game of his season Christian McCaffrey continues to be probably the MVP candidate from the running back class maybe with Dalvin Cook but just they're they're 
they're using him into the ground and he's basically their whole offense. And if the Fal- the Falcons defensively, I don't see how they're going to really limit McCaffrey. Um, I know that uh, the Panthers signed uh, a running back this Mike this Davis. week on Monday, so I don't know. Yeah, they oh, it was Mike mm-hmm. Davis. So yeah, I mean th- that probably shows that McCaffrey isn't a hundred percent, which is isn't shocking at so, all because the guy is literally their whole yeah, offense. Give him, give him a week off. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I don't think you you can't really afford to do that because this team is in the playoff hunt and they. You know, in the, in that building, they definitely think that they're a playoff team, and they need to continue to to use their best player. Kyle Allen um, is going up against a secondary that I think they really can exploit a little bit. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore have been good this year, and and the and you know maybe we can bring this into the Cam point. Um, if Cam Newton, I, I you know it really just comes down to his health. If he can't push the ball uh, vertically like he wasn't able to do in the first two uh, weeks of their season before they ultimately shut him down. He's not an upgrade over Kyle Allen because Kyle Allen has really vertically opened up this offense a little bit and um, has shown, you know, with Greg Olson and the two receivers I just mentioned, they do they do have some nice weapons, um, you know. So I'm I'm not really trying to pump the Panthers' tires too much, but I just think that I'm not going to put blind faith in the Falcons to continue, um, you know, what the performance that they had against New Orleans last week. I'm going to pick the Panthers because I think they're a better team right now, playing at a higher level. But I wouldn't be all surprised at all if the Falcons, you know, have really turned over that new leaf and, like you said, Lee, and and are starting to at least kind of save Dan Quinn's job and or flash the potential that we all saw this this offseason. Moving over to the next NFC South game, the New Orleans Saints coming off that brutal loss to the Falcons traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Jekyll and Hyde Buccaneers team that I have had a real hard time getting a beat on all year. Um, my, my heart tells me just pick the Bucks at home to, you know, give you that last laugh a little bit and be able to beat the Saints um, and, and turn this Saints, you know, what would what have been a uh, roller coaster or, a, or a, a, a joyful ride um, thus far in the season to now if they lose to the Buccaneers, it could, there could be some questions about Breeze's, uh, you know, starting job with Bridgewater and the way the team was playing with Teddy B. Um, but I, I'm ultimately just going to, Say the Saints are going to win this one. Uh, they're the better team. Buccaneers have they, they, the Buccaneers definitely can win this game. They can play up to any team, but they also can. We can see Jameis throw you know two picks and fumble in the first half, and the Saints be winning by 14 at halftime um, or even more. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with my brain on this pick and take the Saints. And I do want to say that I do think that the Saints are a better team with Teddy Bridgewater. I, I'm going to come out and say it. Yeah, really? I think that Drew Brees is obviously very good. I don't think the margin is is significant, but I think Teddy Bridgewater um, brings a equanimity to this team that they don't have with Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees, there's a little bit more variance in Brees' play, um, and he can play to a higher level and a more clutch level than Bridgewater, undoubtedly. But he also can... They got into a rut on offense against the Falcons, man. And I didn't watch that much of that game, but they did not do anything on offense moving the ball. And they've won close games before this year. And I just think Bridgewater is a guy that I've had a lot of faith in. And he really impressed me when he came in and played for the Saints. So I'm interested to see um, how this plays out. I will be rooting for the Buccaneers. I want the Buccaneers to win this game. I think the Buccaneers still have a chance to make not a, maybe not a playoff run, but, but get, at least get their fans excited. Um, and and win, maybe win eight games this year. Um, so 
I, I, I'm, I'm picking the Saints because I'm picking with my head, but the, I'll be pulling for the Buccaneers, and I, I'm looking forward to this one. I think this could be a sleeper matchup. Yeah, Lee, I pretty much agree with you. Um, the Buccaneers are uh, an interesting opponent to go up against because just of what they're going to do offensively. I mean, this team's going to score uh, despite going up against the Saints' defense that is that is pretty stingy. I mean, this Bucks' offense, I think, is one of the better units in the league. So this is going to be a nice test for the Saints' offense and, and Breeze coming off the the bad the you know bad performance last week. Um, I pretty much agree with you. I'm, I'm picking the Saints for the same reasons and the fact that they really need to win this game, and they're going up against a, a stingy Buccaneers opponent that they can't really afford to take another loss again, especially if they want to keep up in that in that race for the one or two seed in the NFC. Um, I think what you said about Teddy Bridgewater potentially making this team better is interesting. I can't go that far, though, just because I think that Bridgewater and Breeze are kind of similar in a way, except for the fact that Breeze just has more experience with the offense and is, I guess you could say, more clutch. But Teddy B, you know, really is a, a game manager, I think, a little bit. And, and I mean, I guess he did stretch the field in that first matchup against Tampa Bay, but really hasn't shown an ability to do that like Drew Breeze. So I just think you can't really say that yet. When they played the Cardinals, Breeze, I think, you know, he played really well. I, I kind of see last week as a little bit of an anomaly. They really were sleepwalking throughout that whole game. And I guess, you know, what you can never do in the NFL, assume that they're going to be able to show up and, and beat a Falcons team that was hungry and a vision opponent that knows his team well. And the, the story doesn't change too much this week against Tampa Bay, and it's an opponent that knows them well as well. So I expect a bounce back from Breeze. Um, and while I think what you brought up is interesting, I just can't go that far yet because I see them as too similar, except Breeze just having more experience and, and being Drew Breeze. But Teddy Bridgewater physically can't really do anything that Breeze can't do, he's I guess is my point. He's definitely he's, he's not he's athletic. Definitely I mean, athletic. He, he, sure, Teddy but he's not. used his legs extremely well when he, played, when he started for the Saints. He had some crucial, he had some okay, crucial sure, plays but, where, he, where he ran for first downs and – he is a game manager. I mean, he's not a tremendous athlete, but I think he just gives uh, the margin. The margin for Teddy's athleticism, though, isn't like he's not a he's not really a, a super athletic I'm not quarterback. He is. You know, I'm saying I mean, he's not. He's, he's not, I know, he's but not, Breeze is Eli Manning esque as in terms of athleticism. Uh, he's not is, that bad. Is, he, he's, he can Breeze move around a little gonna, bit. I'm saying that. Bridgewater is going to be able to run for that first down when the pocket's collapsing around him. I think Breeze is more likely to take the sack or throw the ball away. Um, I don't know about that, but we can move on. Yeah. Um, last 1 o'clock game, Denver Broncos going to Minnesota to play a Vikings team that has done a really good job of, of uh, defending their home turf um, and you know getting a, a, a pretty convincing win against the Cowboys. On the road last week, I think this Vikings team is buzzing a little bit. And, you know, they got the Broncos off the bye. Fangio obviously seen this offense a couple times. So I think schematically it's going to be an interesting spot. But I, I, I kind of like the Vikings to roll here. Um, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Broncos. I think it's probably going to be Brandon Allen. Um, so I, I, uh, I slighted Brandon Allen, and he ultimately took my survivor life away from me. So I, I paid my price for, for slandering him, and I will uh, I will get – a little more, a couple more words of slander in, and I'm gonna say this Vikings defense is gonna eat him alive. Um, and the Vikings are gonna win by double digits this week in Minnesota. Yeah, Lee, I'm completely with you. Um, the Vikings are, they might be playing the best, some of the best football in the NFL right now. I was just looking at their schedule after starting two and two. Really, after that Bears loss, they've gone uh, 
five and one, I believe. They they just lost to the Chiefs. So this team has really been on fire. Um, the Broncos, I just don't think. Yeah, you're right. There is some familiarity with with Fangio. He knows his team well, but they don't have the personnel, uh, especially offensively. I think to really compete with this this Vikings uh, defense. And and I'm with you. I saw that Brandon Allen one against the Browns as as kind of fraudulent. And this Vikings team. You know, another, you know, all these games they really can't afford to lose. But if they want to, you know, keep up with Green Bay, um, who is on the bye, I believe, right? Green Bay's mm-hmm. on the bye. Yeah. So, yeah, they can't, they can't afford to lose this game at home. Um, and they're just a better team than the Broncos, and they, they should win. This is probably my survivor lock of the week, I guess I'd mm-hmm. say. All right. Moving to afternoon. NFC West matchup. Cardinals visiting the 49ers. We saw a pretty good matchup on Thursday night a couple weeks ago between these two teams in Arizona. Cardinals almost backdoored the Niners and came back and, 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 and nearly won that game. Uh, ultimately couldn't do it. Niners coming off a pretty crushing loss in overtime, first loss of the year to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think this Cardinals team is one of these teams of the future in the NFL. I think Kyler Murray was absolutely the right pick. Um, I've said that time and time again. I'm a broken record at this point, but he's really been impressing me. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to give the 49ers all they can handle, but ultimately the Niners need this win really badly, and I, I like them to, to straighten things out at home against a much less experienced Cardinals team um, in a game they really should win. Yeah, especially you know the way that they lost to Seattle in a game that they kind of they kind of controlled for the most part, and ultimately... Russell Wilson kind of just made the plays that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't, and that's really the only weak link I see with the 49ers. Um, I brought it up yesterday, but I think it's worth bringing it up again. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy G has as many starts, career starts, as Sam Darnold and has less starts than Baker Mayfield. So he's still very, very young in his quarterback career, especially from, you know, this is his full, first full year starting with the Niners. Uh, I'd like to see some more splash plays from them. I think if Emmanuel Sanders isn't back, that's kind of big for them, especially, I mean, Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders, too. So if they're without both those guys, I think they might have some trouble with the Cardinals. You and I, Lee, we've been the Cardinal, the Cardinal guys of, uh, of the back judge. There's nothing really else to say except for um, the fact, I guess, we should pump Cliff Kingsbury's tires a little bit. And in this team, I think uh, they're not turning the ball over. The, the quick passing offense is able to negate a lot of the – you know, liabilities that they have on the offensive line, especially going up against a 49ers defensive line that is just planted in an elite level right now with led by Nick Bosa, D4, DeForest Buckner. This whole of 49ers defense is just playing unbelievable right now. And the Cardinals, like we saw in that Thursday night game a couple weeks ago, are going to be able to, they're always going to be in games, I think. And if, if they can kind of not let the 49ers get too big of a lead, um, they're going to be right in this game. But I expect the 49ers to bounce back. I expect Jimmy G to bounce back um, at home, a uh, team that they're familiar with. Uh, I, you know, I, We talked about it, Lee, a little bit. The, the Cardinals are 11.5-point dogs in this game. I kind of want to ride with mm-hmm. them. I think this game is a lot cl- going to be a lot closer than that. Um, but ultimately, the 49ers uh, are too tough of, of an opponent. Yeah, I think 11.5 is too much. I would definitely back you on that. I think, uh, I think this is a one-possession game, honestly. Um, all yeah. right, moving on. 425, the only other game that you could make an argument would be the game Whoa. of the week. Uh, I was just going to say, Card- Cardinals team total is 16.5. Wow. I don't That's know about low. that. Um, yeah, it is pretty low. 
Patriots Eagles 425 in Lincoln Financial Field Philly I mean this is a real deal game this is playoff implications this is a huge game for the Eagles to get back on the right side of uh, things with you know with the fan base with everything with the way they've been playing this year this would be a huge win they're still like I alluded to earlier with the Cowboys they're in a two horse race I think for for this division and for a spot in the playoffs because I really don't think whoever comes in second in this division is going to have a better record than either the Seahawks, the Niners, the Vikings, or the Packers. So I think only one team in this division is going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think the Eagles are going to get a statement win, and they're going to beat Belichick off the bye, both these teams off the bye. Really, we talked about it last night, really should be the Sunday night game, should be the primetime game. Um, should have gotten flexed, but nonetheless, going to be a really good matchup. I like the Philadelphia Eagles to show us why uh, they had such high expectations before the season and uh, bring the Patriots one more loss closer to us normals um, here here, here in the, in the uh, regular season. The Patriots have kind of looked like they were unbeatable a couple weeks ago. Now coming off the Baltimore loss and then a bye if they lose to the Eagles, that might be... I wouldn't necessarily say panic mode, but a little more things to be concerned about in New England than, than usual. So I like Philadelphia to win this game. I think it's going to be the game of the week um, outside of Houston-Baltimore, so I'm really looking forward to this one in the afternoon. Yeah, as am I, Lee, and everything that you just said is kind of why I'm riding with the Patriots. Um, this Eagles defense, especially in the secondary, I think this is Tom Brady is going to be licking his chops despite the fact that they've had issues finding a, a real number one receiver and especially a deep threat, there's no, there's no better defense, I think, especially a passing defense that they can get on track against. Um, they're, coming off, they're both coming off the bye, but the Patriots especially coming off the bye with Belichick, especially after their performance against Baltimore offensively. Um, I just think this makes for a, the Patriots, I just think, are a better team than the Eagles right now. And I don't, you know... Um, and, and their defense is, is still, I think, a, a really, you know, vaunted unit. And Carson Wentz has kind of had a meds and meds of season, you know. Um, I think that the Patriots kind of match up well against this offense. Deshaun Jackson is is done for the year, really, so they, they don't really have that deep threat. They've had trouble with drops all year. Um, I just, the the Eagles kind of, as the I was so hot on this team preseason, they have kind of really fallen short of expectations. I like Doug Peterson, but he's made some questionable calls from a coaching perspective. Um, you know, I, want, I guess I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Eagles won just because of that upside I saw in the preseason, and I think the upside that you're seeing and the, the potential that they can beat the Patriots, but... I just right now I see a coaching advantage. I see an offensive advantage for the Patriots and a defense advantage for the Patriots. Um, going into Link, that's that's a tough environment to play in, but um, I, I I'm with you, Lee. This is going to be a really good game, game of the game of the the week, um, and I got I just have to go with the Patriots uh, on the road. Yeah, I mean these next two weeks are crucial for the Eagles. I think they're they, they got two home games. They got this one against the Patriots and the next week against the Seahawks. Um, I think they really they have to at, least, at the very least split these games because split, uh, the yeah. next five weeks they got a lot of winnable games: Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants. So they kind of get the division gauntlet at the end of the year. But uh, this it's, it's to win, to be able to win this game against the Patriots at home, I think, could be the catapult that ultimately pushes them into the playoffs. So, uh, like I alluded to earlier, a lot of playoff matchups, playoff implications. 
this week, this is a game that, um, you know, has a lot of those. So we're really going to be looking forward to it. Um, we're split on that one. Bengals going to Oakland to play the Raiders, a team that I'm frankly impressed with. I think that John Gruden has done one of the better coaching jobs in the NFL this year. I think that uh, the, the John Gruden ha- haters have found a nice, uh, quiet tone um, and they've kind of shut up, which I'm happy about. I think I was kind of tired of hearing everybody mock his hard knocks antics and kind of mock him as a guy. I think that's kind of just the persona that goes into Gruden a little bit like uh, coach of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Um, just one of those guys who's kind of a character, but doesn't mean he's a bad coach. Doesn't mean that anyone has the right to you know make fun of him for it or take anything away from him for it because offensively, this Raiders team is doing some incredible things, and they're going to be a playoff contender when it's all said and done. They're going to be fighting for a playoff spot um, later in the season. I think this is a game where they roll against a winless Bengals team. This Bengals team, man, I don't know who they're going to beat this year, um, but uh, they, they really aren't looking like the type of team that, uh, that, that, that is very competitive. I think they're the worst team in the NFL probably. I think they do play Miami at some point in Week 15. but uh, They do. But, yeah, until then, I think that this Bengals team is really going to have some trouble finding wins. Um, so I like the Raiders to take care of this one at home. Yeah, um, I like a lot of the things that you just said. I've always been a Gruden fan, big Mayock fan. Uh, they they had a really great offseason, and an offseason that we kind of all questioned. Really, you know, Cleland Farrell was kind of the only hiccup that they had. Obviously, Antonio Brown, too, but the fact that he didn't even get to play a, a snap for them, um, you know, I don't really count that, but... This team, like you said, Lee, John Gruden's coaching a great offense. You can tell the players love playing for him. I mean, he's just a real infectious guy. We've always been big fans of his. Um, he loves the fans. He he, he got, does that walk across, mm-hmm. you know, the the the, uh, the stadium. They really uh, it's kind of giving me shades of that 2016 season with Jack Del Rio when they accept, you know, they're not winning those games in the last the fourth quarter, kind of in the fluky ways. Gruden's calling a really good offense. This offensive line, I think, is playing really well. Richie Incognito, no shocker there, playing at all pro level. Just an all-around great guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Richie Incognito the great guy tag. Um, Colton Miller, Adam and I talked about it a little bit last week. Um, he's been playing a lot better after you know looking pretty bad last year as a rookie. Um, I still do have some concerns. You kind of talked me off the ledge last night in our now-deleted podcast, and I was kind of leaning the Bengals plus 10 on the spread just because that's a lot of points for a Raiders team that while they are, have been really impressive offensively, I still think this defense is, is pretty bad. And a guy like Zach Taylor, you'd think, could try and take advantage of some of the deficiencies that this Raiders defense has. Ryan Finley, while he had some hiccups against Baltimore, I think there's some reasons to be optimistic with him. Joe Mixon, I think, had a, a good game against Baltimore, too. They're really starting to use him and, and flash his talent. So... I mean, I'm ultimately going to go with the Raiders, but I think this game might be a little bit closer than the 10-point spread that it's at right now. And, um, yeah, not, not really much else to say. The Raiders really need to win this game because they potentially could win this division. Uh, with, you know, they got to be playing for, with the expectation that the Chiefs could take an L to the Chargers in Mexico City on Monday night, um, and, and more so for their playoff hopes, too, as, a, as, as an out-large uh, wildcard team, which is very realistic, I think, for them right now. So this is a game they really can't afford to lose, which is kind of why I have hesitancy that they maybe have thrived in this underdog role for you know up until this point. But then again, they're going up against the Bengals, who have been just completely gutless this, this year, despite having talent. You know, So uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Sunday night, 
primetime. This is the official back judge Boy King Bumbisky matchup. The uh, Triple B, let's call it. Back judge Boy King Bumbisky. Two of the uh, two quarterbacks that not a single person who's ever worked for the back judge or been associated with the back judge has believed in. Sans Jonah Lopas, who we've had on for a couple guest appearances, but that's because he's a partisan Bears fan and also doesn't know very much about the X's and O's side of football. He's more of just a casual fan. So we'll, we'll give him a pass uh, for, for thinking Trubisky was worth the salt with that number two pick. But um, enough with the semantics. This game is going to be ugly. It's going to be disgusting. Um, I'll take the coach with more confidence and the team who I think has a bit more to play for, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. I think Matt Nagy, um, without getting too vulgar, his, his sack is shriveled. I think he's afraid to go out there and afraid to, as, as Klepp alluded to earlier in the pod, earlier in you know, this year, uh, on the back of his play card, be you. He can't be you. He can't be him because he's got a quarterback who doesn't allow him to be himself. He doesn't allow him to open up the offense the way that he intends to. Um, and I think that the Bears have run, to a myriad, run into a myriad of issues because of it. Um, I think the Rams really were in that Steelers game for four quarters last week. They just got, they just got mauled. They, they, the Steelers' defense just won them that game, and the Rams had no answer for what the Steelers were doing defensively. Um, tip my cap to the Rams' D. They played really well. I know you don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers' O, but still, I mean, they held that Steelers' offense to one touchdown. Um, and I think that the Rams are going to, you know, save face a little bit at home and stay in the playoff conversation for the time being while the Bears uh, let one more slide. And, and Ryan Pace, uh, one, more, one more tear of sweat uh, dribbles down his, his, his neck because uh, the, the guillotine is coming for that man. Yeah, um, a lot, I agree with a lot of stuff that you said right there, especially with the Nagy angle. I still am a believer in Matt Nagy, but he can't, you're right, he can't be him with Mitchell Trubisky. I fully expect, you know, whoever it is, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, there's going to be a new quarterback geez. in Chicago next year. Yeah. I mean, but he's a guy, I mean, I don't know. Mariota's a guy that I think is better than Trubisky and could potentially that, be aided by really a system. Well, I mean, we'll see. We shouldn't get backtracked yeah. because the greater point that I right want to make Case Keenum. is right Case Keenum and Mariota on the Bears. Sure, any any game manager that can that a real uh, you know quote unquote offensive savant like Matt Nagy can really help out because I still see the potential with Matt Nagy's play calling potentially. Um, I kind of have engaged in a little bit of conspiracy think in the fact that Matt Nagy could be torpedoing. Uh, Trubisky just to show the front office, you know, how, how this isn't the guy. And, a stretch. You know, it might be a stretch. He needs to but do that to let's prove get, anything. I think that Trubisky's proved it on his own, you know. You're, you're probably right, and you're setting up my next point I want to make, that Sean McVay, who's another offensive savant, is in a similar situation with Jared Goff. This offensive line is, is completely awful. I think you can make an argument that the worst offensive line in the NFL. They got completely worked by an elite Steelers defensive line, and this task isn't going to get any easier with the Bears coming to L.A. this week. Um, their offensive line is going to continue to have issues with Chicago's defensive front, and uh, when that happens, it's just hard to really – go with with the Rams. But then you have Mitch Trubisky on the other side. And so, I, again, I'm going to give the slight edge of the Rams, but this is a game that I really don't have a lot of confidence in because I think the Bears are looking at that Steelers film from last week and saying, 
We can do this exact same thing to Jared Goff. Todd Gurley isn't running the ball well. I don't think he's particularly healthy. He's kind of just sadly become a shell of himself, and he's a really great guy and a guy that you really turned me on to in those 2015 uh, draft videos when he was on the, that ESPN show, you know, Road to the Draft. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley was a great guy with the drip. Um, but, yeah, this is just going to be a really interesting thing because – uh, well, I think Klepp made some good points in his Stop Anointing, Anointing McVeigh uh, article. I, I kind of don't want to blame Sean McVeigh, and this is a team that he really can't run his game plan when you get after golf yeah. because there's nothing really you can do. They're a little bit of a, a one-trick pony because if you can if you can get to golf like the Patriots were able to do in the Super Bowl, like the Steelers were able to do last week, and how a lot of teams have been able uh, – if you give him time, Jared Goff is, you know – He's an elite 11 quarterback, basically. He can make all the throws in the book. He's, he's accurate. He's got one of the better deep balls in the NFL. But this offensive line, for the first time in his career, is completely awful. They don't have a really good running game. And their defense, I do think their defense is playing better. I think Jalen Ramsey has been really, really good for them and has given them a good dynamic. But then again, um, this is something we touched on last night that I really want to bring up again because I think it's it's worth bringing up in that this Rams team has, has really missed their window. They've given up, they've sacrificed a bunch of draft capital. They just did it to get Jalen Ramsey. They won't have a first round pick for the next two drafts. Um, and they kind of missed their window last year with that Super Bowl. So this is a really interesting game. The last I think time the Rams for, lost, and I, and they tailspin into a three game losing streak. They lost to the Buccaneers, Seahawks, and then the 49ers. And then they won two in a row. And now they lost to the Steelers and their next two games are against the bears and the Ravens. So, um, we could we could be seeing yep. a little bit of deja vu here. I take your point, but I just think the Bears. This is a matchup of two gutless teams, and the Bears uh, are are a bit more hollow than the Rams. I think. Um, You're so, right. No, I tend so, to agree so with you. I'm, I'm leaning I, towards the Rams. The only reason I brought that up, yeah, was more to just share my opinions on the Rams and just kind of share how I just don't really have a great read on yeah. this game. Like I'm picking the Rams for kind of the same reasons you are, but. That being said, yeah, I get it. Let's wrap this up. We've I mean, been, we've been on the mic for an hour. Yeah. Let's, let's 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 move forward to the to the Monday night game in Mexico yeah. City. Um, Kansas City Chiefs playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers had a lot of time to stew over that loss to the to the Raiders. Uh, Phil did a lot of screaming, um, and then the Kansas City Chiefs on the other side of the token. I mean, could you say this is the best offense in the NFL and the worst defense in the NFL? Is that a stretch to say that? I just think that. This is a team that well, their defense is just an absolute sieve, and you got to give credit to Tannehill for buttering through it when he needed to. But uh, Kansas City lost a game they really had no business losing in Tennessee, um, and they're, Kansas City's in a situation now at, at I think five and four, um, where no six and four, excuse me, where you know they're they're not far off from the Rams at this point. I, I obviously know that they have a lot of different issues, but as a team where. You know, you got a lot going for you, but at the same time, you got a lot, a lot to be doubted about. And this is a Chargers team that's hungry. They're four and six. You know, a, a win against Kansas City gets them one win closer to that division title. So I think this is going to be an ever so competitive game. But ultimately, I think the Chiefs are going to prevail. Um, usually, the Chiefs win games when they know they need to win them. Andy Reid's a very good coach. Uh, I give the coaching and quarterback nod to the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think they're going to. I think this is going to be. We're going to see a little bit of a shootout in Mexico. Um, but, I, but I'm going to predict a 37-30 uh, to 30 Chiefs win. 37-30, wow, you're soaring over that over, uh, the over-unders at 52 right now. Um, mm. The Chiefs are interesting. We talked about this last night. i got to bring it up again because 
I saw Greg Jennings make this point. I made, I think I made this point last week on the podcast or maybe off air, but this Chiefs defense, part of the reason that I was fading them so hard when Matt Moore came in was because I don't, it doesn't matter if Matt Moore can run this offense. Their defense was awful. But then the defense played well against the Packers. They played well against the Vikings. And I really think that, that Patrick Mahomes is a bit of a crutch where they know that he's going to throw for 400 yards so they can kind of let their guard down a little bit. And I, that really just seems to be the case for me. And last week was a perfect example. You have a one-dimensional Titans team coming in. Obviously, I want to give some credit to, to Tannehill, but they're, you know what their game plan is. They're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. And there's no reason, I think, that Derrick Henry, despite the fact that you have a little bit of a porous run defense, you know what they're going to do. The Titans have been calling the same offense the whole year. They... They, they give the ball to Derrick Henry, and then and Tannehill has played the Mariota role just to a little bit better and has been able to use his athleticism to extend plays and, and to make plays too. So I guess I just want to see I, – I do, I do kind of see the point that you were making with the Chiefs and the Rams, but this Chiefs offense I think is way more talented than the Rams offense, especially the quarterback units. position. I'm not comparing their no, – no, no. you're, you're turning this into something that it's not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. The Rams I'm not, are I didn't five mean to say, and four. What I meant the Chiefs to say, are six and four. There were two teams that were Super Bowl contenders last year and have okay. proven to have a lot more okay. issues this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they were. They had the shootout game last year. All I'm saying is that the Chiefs aren't as fraudulent as the Rams, basically. No, and the Chiefs, I, we saw what their defense could do against Green Bay and Minnesota. They're going up against a Chargers offense that. If Melvin Gordon's going to run run for 200 yards, then they're going to have trouble beating this Chargers team. And if you take the ball out of Phillip Rivers' hands and he can't make the bad decisions that he's made all year, this then, then they're going to make this a game. But there really has no business being a game, in my opinion. The Chargers' defense, while still having Joey Bosa, who's playing at a great level, has taken a step back without Jer- Derwin James. This They just can't afford to, to lose this game in the last two minutes like they did against Tennessee. So... I'm expecting a big bounce back win for the Chiefs. I will be betting on that minus four. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm riding the Chiefs again. But there's no excuse for their defense to, to continue to be a yeah. seed. Well, I agree. And uh, it's a good, good, little, good little preview we got there. We'll, we look forward to seeing the fans next week with, with Clep on the mic, hopefully. Oh, yeah, and man. The ESPN playoff machine is officially up. So uh, get, those, get, get wow. those predictions in. Might have to hit that, baby. All right. All right, brother. Later. Talk soon. Later.